Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Well, we think it's great. We think it's 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 a great message uh, to the community, and we think it's a great message to each other about being a good teammate. You know, there's obviously individual benefits to anyone, players included, staff included, uh, who gets vaccinated, even individual benefits under the protocols uh, that we're all working under at this point. Uh, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond the, what it does for the individual and, and goes to protecting each other and protecting the community around us. And, and uh, the level of buy-in that we had in our, our clubhouse, I think, was remarkable and, and something that everyone down there should be very, very proud of. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on The Score. That's Rick Hahn, the White Sox general manager, taking a very public and vocal tack as he uh, broke the news this morning. Well, actually, he didn't break the news, um, but he, he gave the news this morning about the White Sox as a team having an opportunity to get uh, vaccinated. He didn't break the news because I did, everybody, seven minutes earlier. Because nobody forgets who came first. Uh, I think they're um, going to be sneaky decent. Here's, here's the only thing that I had in my tweet that I don't know if Han addressed, and we'll play some of it in a moment here. It's hit and run on 670 The Score, leading you up to Cubs pregame at 1130. Today, Cubs and the Pirates uh, finish up their series. Trevor Williams on the bump against Brubaker of the Pirates. But I, I was told that several... Um, players were able to convince some unwilling players to get the vaccine for the good of the group. And that that's an important thing because it's very easy to get lost as people are on Twitter right now in response to my tweet from earlier in the day to get lost in like the partisan political BS of, of, of lefty right and you know what is freedom and what is not the science very very clearly states that it 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 helps the good of the group if you know for people to get vaccinated especially if you're in a group that you know is going to be traveling in tight company like a baseball team so the fact that uh some players were able to convince some others is a healthy thing for the future of the organization um, and if that can be a model for the public, then that is great. Um, here's Rick Hahn talking about uh, what the White Sox did and their opportunity that they had on Thursday. And now just about every member of the traveling party took advantage of it on Thursday. Rick Hahn from earlier today. We were able to, on Thursday postgame, uh, inoculate well in excess of 90% of our traveling party. 
which obviously is great for us, great for the individual players and staff who participated and, and very good for our community. Uh, to uh, head off the questions about the 85% number, let me, without getting going too far down this rabbit hole, let me explain how the 85% number works. Um, that applies to all tier one employees in Chicago and at Schaumburg, all players and staff at Schaumburg and in Chicago. At this point, we have not yet been able to offer vaccines to all of our players and staff at Schaumburg. Uh, we were able to get a good number of them, but not all of them. As a result, we are not yet as an organization over the 85% number. However, as I mentioned, we are in well over 90% of the traveling party, that group that is in Chicago with us currently, and that group that will head on out to Boston and Cleveland later this week. So we are thrilled with where we're at. We anticipate uh, once we get access to additional vaccines, uh, being able to easily surpass the 85% number in the coming weeks. Uh, obviously, one thing to keep in mind, takes a couple weeks before anyone is fully protected. So our guys are uh, well on their way, but we're still a good uh, 12 days away from this batch of players and staff being fully protected. But again, thanks to the city, the health department, and the folks at Rush for putting us in such a great position going forward. Good stuff. Uh, it's Rick Hahn talking this morning about the White Sox um, plan. And and there you and he, he made it very clear there that traveling party is well over 90 percent. So that means they get to have some uh, relaxed protocols on the road and get to live their life uh, a, a little bit more as baseball players on the road. So good for them. Enjoy it. Great question from a texter. If the announcers get vaccinated, will they be allowed to travel with the team again? That is a terrific question, and I don't know the answer. I have my personal fears that around the game, the lack of travel for the announcers is being enjoyed financially by organizations, and they will not be uh, granted that travel super easily right away, even when the vaccinations are in line. I hope that I'm wrong. I don't. No. The big question is this. Do um, you notice a difference in quality? Do the executives in charge notice a difference in quality of the broadcast when it is done from the home stadium when the team is on the road? I, I think it is amazing what broadcasters are able to do. What Pat and Ron and Zach are able to do on the Cubs radio network doing games from here is amazing. What television announcers have been able to do, it, 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 is, it is amazing to me. I, I'm in awe of it. I, I do notice the difference, um, but just a little because of the delay. The thing is how it works, and, and you probably know this, but how it works is if you are traveling with the team and you do have the opportunity to interact a little bit, the stories that you get, the context that you get from being closer to the team and closer to the players is something that may not show up at that very next game. It may show up two games from then when the moment is applicable. It may show up a month from then when the moment is applicable or when a relationship has been furthered because you've got a little more comfort with somebody because you travel with them. You cannot fake that element of it. You cannot fake that stuff. 
And the problem in terms of okaying and green lighting the travel, I think, is that it's also kind of difficult to quantify. So we got, you know, um, the pandemic has has had a lot of things that have happened for convenience that will be kept after the pandemic has recovered from. And some of them have been very, very good. Some of the scheduling things, uh, some of the centralization of travel and some of the reduction of things like that have been sensible and and will be welcome as they continue. But I do worry that some of the things that we've gotten away from, we will miss. And uh, that for me is, uh, is is the travel of the broadcasters. I hope they get to travel again very soon in response to your question. 670 The Score is where you are. We are talking uh, baseball as we do on both sides of town. Cubs coming up in Pittsburgh. Eric Sogar gets a start at second base and will hit eighth today. And Trevor Williams gets a chance to go again for the Cubs. Trevor Williams, a terrific story so far this year for that rotation. And it, it's really been... Fun to watch um, how good Trevor has been, how good um, how good he was in the spring and how that carried over. The pitching infrastructure for the Cubs know what they're doing. Great story today from Sahadev Sharma in The Athletic about something called seam-shifted wake. And if you don't know what it is and want to know what it is, you could read the article. Essentially, it is about how depending on the positioning of the baseball and the way that it is released by the pitcher, you can get more movement based on where the seams are as you are releasing it. It's very, very specific. It's uh, the latest terminology in pitch science that frankly is not a new thing or a new skill or a new topic, but has a new moniker and as a uh, new uh, acknowledgement and conversation around the game. But anyway, Cubs infrastructure, real good. And Trevor Williams was terrific in 2018 with the Pirates. Great numbers, great year. Had an oblique injury, not an obtuse injury, but an oblique muscle injury in 2019. And he came back. He doesn't think he came back too soon. But like with any injury, there can be very subtle adjustments that you make that you don't even realize you're doing. He was terrible when he came back in 2019. An ERA of 5.60, a 1.46 whip. Over, in fact, his past 37 starts since he came back in 2019, and that includes 2020. Designated for assignment last November by the Pirates. The Cubs recruited him. They went to try and sign him. They brought to him a specific pitching science plan. And he was like, wow. Okay. He bought in immediately as they pitched him. And I remember talking about some of this in general terms with Tommy Hadovy. Um, on inside the clubhouse during the offseason where Tommy would be involved in some of those calls with prospective free agents. And they would say, hey, you know, we did some research on you and we've noticed this and that and this, and we'd like to work on you with this. We'll work on this with you if you indeed sign with us. And that's what they did with Trevor Williams. And he bought in right away and came to town ready to buy in to what the Cubs had decided to do. This is, you know, it's happening with almost all the teams in baseball that they are up to date technologically, they are advanced, and it depends on how well your organization is run in terms of whether you communicate well, whether you teach well, whether you 
um, communicate to the players themselves well about whether you can have success with this. The Cubs are good at it. Mike Borzello, Tommy Hadovy, um, and obviously Craig Breslow, the director of pitching. They're very good at this stuff. They wanted to talk to Trevor Williams about pitch usage, which is not uncommon. You tell a guy, hey, you're not using this pitch enough or you're not using that pitch enough. But they also wanted to talk to him about his arm slot and his body rotation and his mechanics. And I hope you'll indulge me for a minute because I find this fascinating. They brought the plan to Trevor Williams. They froze an image of him pitching at Wrigley from the center field camera during 2018 when he was rolling. And they froze an identical picture from the identical camera in the identical spot from 2020 when he was pitching. And they compared those two to him. His glove hand, the left hand, as he was releasing the ball, was further away from his hip in the picture of when he was pitching poorly. So, all right, so what does that mean? That means that for whatever reason, that was causing his torso to fly open too soon as he's rotating from sideways to front. His torso was flying open too soon and it made the pitches easier to pick up from the batter's perspective. The torso flies open and for that fraction of a second, the hand as it releases the ball is easier to see. (laughs) This is the crazy stuff that, that matters as you dissect pitching these days. Hitters were seeing his release point sooner. The slider especially was getting picked up earlier, easier, and hit harder. And if they knew that he was going to throw the slider, they were sometimes laying off it. Oh, slider, laying off it. And it's not even the kind of stuff that gets like talked about among hitters or a guy, a hitter might even be conscious of. It's just he knows what he's looking for. He's looking for spin coming off the ball to dissect that that's the slider. And he's seeing it sooner, and he's able to make that decision sooner. So the Cubs pitching infrastructure is led by Tommy Hadovy, Mike Borzello, those guys. They fixed that. They fixed that. They got the glove hand closer to the hip, kept his torso from flying open so fast. Now hitters have that fraction of a second where they're still not sure what pitch is coming. I love that. I can't get enough of that. And speaks to go off of that, too, with the big story of Joe Musgrove this week throwing the no hitter, uh, him making the shift from Pittsburgh to uh, San Diego has been huge, too, because they have started to have him in, in, uh, use his secondary pitches more. So last year, he threw about 182 fastballs, forcing fastballs, and that was his most primary use pitch. And now he's using his slider as his primary pitch. And even in that no hitter, he only used 13 percent of fastballs. So he went from his top pitch last year and the year before that as well and brought it down to 13%. And, and you saw you saw what that, that does. And it just seems like Pittsburgh doesn't know what to do with these pitchers. And at least the Cubs are showing, like the Padres, that they are legit pitching. They have legit pitching infrastructure. Isn't that amazing? We talked to Travis Sochik earlier in the year, and he wrote about the Pirates. He wrote Big Data Baseball about the Pirates and Neil Huntington. All those guys are gone now. At a certain point over the past three or four years, the Pirates became woefully behind in their pitching infrastructure. And you're exactly right. People leave there and get better. One after another after another. And that is a market inefficiency. When you are a team and you're scouting free agents, well, that guy's coming from Pittsburgh. They don't know what they're doing. That matters. 
It, it, that's, it's one of the few areas you have to know wh- who is the sucker at the table. And right now, in terms of pitching, the Pirates are one of the suckers at the table. So good call on Joe Musgrove. They changed the pitch usage for Musgrove. The last four innings of that no-hitter, he threw almost all breaking stuff. It, it was amazing to see and to read about. And that was indeed the other change with Trevor Williams, is that his pitch usage, he throws five different pitches. But the, the Cubs noticed that he had stopped throwing his changeup to righties and that he had stopped throwing the sinker to lefties. Okay, so he must have looked at some data, or he and the Pirates looked at some stuff and said, yeah, you know, they hit your changeup better. Stop doing that. The righties do. The lefties uh, hit your sinker better, so stop doing that. What that did, though, it made his four-seam fastball, the bread and butter, suddenly less effective. That's because the strength is in the mix. The strength is, is using all of the pitches so the hitters don't know what's coming. So when they get a four-seam fastball, they're still thinking about the changeup a little bit. They're still thinking the lefties are about the sinker a little bit. So Trevor Williams has brought back, under the instruction of the Cubs, the threat of the changeup to right-handers, the threat of the sinker to lefties. And that has made a huge difference. So those two things, I love this stuff. That mixed with the mechanical fix is making a huge difference. And you'll see stories like this all around baseball if you're paying attention. Before uh, this year in spring training, Carlos Rodon of the White Sox had never thrown a curveball as measured by StatCast. In spring training, just during a BP session, he threw a curveball and Ethan Katz said, wait, what was that? What was that? Oh, it's a curve. Uh, Oh, you can throw that? Can you throw for a strike? All right, good. Yeah, let's add that in. Let's add that in. Just a little bit. These stories are out there. You can read them. And so Carlos Rodon throws a curveball, just a tiny, tiny little bit. I think he threw like six or seven of them in his first start in Seattle when he was very, very good. And Ethan Katz literally talks about it like this. He says, all right, let's just throw that as a show you pitch, eight to 10%. So people know it's a way to throw less sliders because the slider is the best breaking pitch that he has. But Rodon will throw the curve every once in a while. He'll be like, oh, that wasn't a slider. What was that? Just that momentary confusion. And then, oh, by the way, when he comes back with the four-seam fastball, not only is it not the slider, it's also not the curve. And it's faster than both of them and way faster than that curve. So if that's in your head just for a little bit, that can make the four-seam fastball that much better. Add to that for Rodon that he's throwing the four-seamer harder than he ever has with better ride. So those things all work together. You get how it all works together? I love this stuff. And to circle back to Trevor Williams, last year he threw his fastball 42% of the time. Now it's down to 29%. And that changeup went from 15% last year to 17%. So, and, and you see more of a balance. He's using a slider uh, less than he is this year. He's using his changeup and curveball and sinker more. Now it's only one start, but we expect those numbers to kind of continue. And then the cat and mouse game, of course, will happen. If the opposition is smart enough to adjust to what you're doing, then you've got to adjust back and we'll see what happens. But the very, the specific mechanical change and the, uh, and the pitch mix change should be enough to make you feel bullish on the season for Trevor Williams, even though it's just one start. Because it is specific. It is tangible. It is science that's getting it done. So if Trevor Williams is out there in your fantasy league and you're thinking about picking him up to go against his old team, the Pirates today, uh, I'd be a yes on that.
And you can mark the tape and make fun of me if it goes horribly wrong. We will. Oh, I know you will. Um, a great moment uh, the other day when Craig Kimbrell was pitching from Jim Deshays and Boog Shambi on Marquee as they talked about the emotion that Kimbrell brings to the mound. And we mentioned this to Danny Parkins and I to Boog Shambi the other day uh, when we talked to him Fridays on the score at 3 o'clock. But, you know, closers one of those spots, as Boog was saying that you can bring the emotion and the fire and the brimstone to it, right? But watch Kimbrel next time you can. When he sets his hands before he pitches, he has that moment of zen. Sometimes closes the eyes, sometimes it's just a big deep breath, and he gathers himself for the true calm before the absurd 100% max effort that it takes to pitch these days for relievers and really for everybody in MLB. I had a great time talking baseball with you today. I look forward to it every Sunday on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Uh, Monday through Friday, the Parkins and Spiegel Show, 2 to 6. Tomorrow, Trevor Williams' father, Richard Williams, will be on the show at 3 o'clock. I can't wait to ask him about seam-shifted wake and uh, about um, the glove hand and the torso flying open. I, I don't know if he knows about that stuff. Probably. He's a happy and proud father. Thanks to Travis Sochik from The Score. Thank you to Sean Anderson for doing a great job and producing as he always does. Check out the podcast of Hit and Run on the Odyssey.com app. Zach Zabin is next with your Cubs pregame and then Pat and Ron with first pitch around 12. Have a wonderful Sunday, everybody. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T Mobile.com.